Welcome to another Project Read 3 Sermon Podcast. It's our prayer that God would use us to restore, rebuild, and renovate communities, and it's our hope that He'll use this sermon to do the same in your life as well. If you want to learn more about Project Read 3 Church or the Project Read 3 Hope Center, you can do so at projectre3.org. Okay then, we'll jump into our, our message. I've got a big job ahead of me this morning, guys. I'm just, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm actually introing two sermon series. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So we're, we're, I, some of you may remember a few years ago after COVID, we, we did something we'd never done before. We, we did a year-long sermon series. Some of you may remember we, we did Reclaim. And so we did a, a year-long sermon series. But, th- but then, you know, you, you, eat that, you eat that elephant one bite at a time. We didn't talk. We, we, we had, you know, um, different kind of series with that, that fit in that theme of Reclaim. And so we're actually doing something very similar this year. So, you know, um, some of you may have seen our post where that we're, we're doing a sermon series called On Mission, which, which we are. Um, but so today, but we're going to be talking about teeing up the bigger theme for the year along with starting next week, our, our On Mission sermon series. So, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, Mike and Beth are, are taking Maria to Disney this week and leaving her there. And so, you know, th- that's where they are, but, but, but we're just very excited about this coming year and everything God has for us. Uh, so just join me in prayer. Lord, thank you so much just for, for all the reasons we have of being thankful. Thank you for all the reasons we have that we can praise you this year as we, as we go into 2024, Lord. Just shift our focus. If, if, our, our head is down, lift our head up. If, if, if everything just seems difficult and hard, Lord, show us where you are in the midst of that so that we can go into this next year with faith and optimism and hope that you're with us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. And it's in your name we pray, amen. So I'm out. The scripture we're going to be sitting in this morning is Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. So I'm going to be reading through this nice and slow um, so that you all can just really take it all in. Because if any of you have spent much time in Romans, which... You know, um, this is a pl- we'll, we'll talk about more later. Plug: Crystal Henderson is leading a, a ladies' Romans uh, Bible study here in a couple of weeks. So if, if you like what you're hearing, you can you can go more in depth with it here in, in, in a little bit. Um, but it's a full meal. <laughs> this is this is if if you like steak and potatoes, this is the steak and potatoes of scriptures. Um, so I'm just going to read through it nice and slow, and we're just going to be unpacking this this morning. Uh, Romans chapter eight, verses thirty-one. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him, up, gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, 
nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whew, I warned you guys. I told, I told you. It's a full meal. You could spend an entire year just in this one passage, and, would not, and that year would not be wasted. So, so the context of what's happening here, if, if, if you haven't spent much time in Romans, um, a, a lot of theologians actually call Romans the fifth gospel. You know, it's, it's, it's essentially Paul's um, systematic breakdown of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we, we, you know, the first few chapters of Romans are kind of a downer because they kind of talk about, about our current condition, what we've earned, what we deserve, how bad we tend to be. But then it goes into, okay, what did Christ do about that? What did Christ do about our present condition? What did he do for us? And then it leads into the, you know, the fun stuff, the Romans 7 and 8, the life in the spirit. The, okay, we, we, we deserve this, but then Christ did this for us, and now we get this. And so th- this is a, a, just a section. This isn't even all of it. This is a section of what Paul is talking about in Romans 8, about what are our benefits? What is the outcome for us of the gospel? Even though we deserve death, even though we've sinned, we deserve death and punishment, Christ died on the cross. Christ died the death that we deserve. And because he took that punishment on himself, for those of us who, who have put our hope and trust in him and those who follow him, now we reap all of this reward that we didn't deserve or earn. That's what Romans 8 is really all about. And so when we, we kind of break this down in little bits and pieces, we, we read things like, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Man, that, that really helps us reframe you know, any sort of opposition. Any kind of opposition. For, for those of you who, who, have, you know, who feel like there's people who are just, who are just gunning against you. For, for, people, for those of you who feel like there's just one roadblock after another roadblock after another roadblock. But if this is true, if God is for us, who can be against us? How does that reframe these things in our minds? Then you also read things like, if he gave his son, then, he, then why wouldn't he give us all things? If God gave us his only son, why wouldn't he give us all things? Paul, Paul loves using this, term, this phrase, all things. See, I think he uses it again in 2 Corinthians. He's, he's talking about how, God is, how Jesus is reconciling all things to himself. I love it. Every time Paul talks about all things. Because the interesting thing, if you look at what the Greek is for all things, it means all things. It's everything. It's so inclusive. It's all things. And so I know I tend to think about God as being withholding. God only wants to give me what I deserve, or God only wants to give me what I've earned. Or there's, only a, there's only a small sliver of things that God has for me because there's other things that God has to have for other people. What if we actually believed what Paul is saying here? What if we actually believed that because if, if God gave his son for us, why wouldn't he want us to have all things? Now, now maybe that may not be in the, in the timing that we want or the way that we want, but what would it mean if we actually took God up on what this means, that he wants to give us everything? He wants us to have all things. Or even when we go on to talk about 
that no one can condemn us because Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. Golly. Golly. That we, you, so often we fall into thinking that, okay, Jesus did this work for us on the cross. He died. He rose again. His job is done. He's just chilling in heaven waiting for us to join him. No, he's still in heaven working on our behalf. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. How many of you have thought about the fact that Jesus, has been, Jesus prayed for this service? Jesus is praying for you at the hand of the Father now as you start your week. Jesus is in heaven praying for you. He's working on your behalf. No one can condemn you because, Je- because King Jesus has your welfare in mind. No one can come against you and condemn you of anything because Jesus has accepted you. And he's working on your behalf in heaven. If you believe that and you, and you really internalize that, what would that mean for how you face challenges and trials and obstacles and your boss you don't like and all of that stuff. And then finally, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing you've done, nothing that's been done to you, nothing in your past, nothing that you've thought, nothing that you've said, can separate you from the love of God. He is crazy about you. He cannot love you any more or any less than he already does right now at this moment. He doesn't just love you. He likes you. He thinks, he thinks you're hysterical. He thinks you're a blast to be with. He loves to be with you. And nothing that you do can change that. That's a life changer. If you truly, if you could get that from your head to your heart, that alone will change your life. And then finally, that Paul makes this kind of odd, obscure statement that we are more than conquerors. What does that mean? What does that mean that we're more than conquerors? Well, over the, over the holiday break, I went with some family. We saw that, that movie, uh, Napoleon, with, with Joaquin Phoenix. And, it, and it's, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting movie if, if you like history like that. It's, it's a fascinating movie. Um, but Napoleon was a conqueror. He, he won like 61 battles in his lifetime. But, he, but he, he won those victories. He fought, he, he rallied the armies. He was, a tech, he was a masterful tactician. People followed him, and he fought, and he won those battles. He was a conqueror. But what does it mean when we're more than conquerors? Well, what that means is that we get to walk into victory that we didn't fight and earn. Think of it this way. The, the, the Super Bowl's coming up in, a, in about a month or so, and... Um, the Panthers aren't going to win it. Um, that's obvious. Panthers, that would be a miracle. The Panthers, the Panthers aren't going to win it. And so, um, but whoever wins the Super Bowl, imagine, imagine you're, you're in, you're, you somehow paid a million some dollars for, for a, a seat at the, at the Super Bowl, and you're, in, you're there. And the, the clock runs down, the game is over, whatever team wins, they announce they won. But then before anything else happens, literally as soon as the clock ends and the game is over and the, and the winner is declared, they run out and they grab you from the stadium onto the field. And when they come to present the trophy to the team, they give the trophy to you instead. 
And when they pass out the rings, you get the ring. And when they're writing the bonus checks, you get the bonus check. And when they go home and they're, and they're welcomed in the parade, you ride in the parade. You didn't play that game. You didn't spend hours practicing and honing your skills and training. You just showed up and you rooted for them. And their victory became your victory. And everything that came as a result of that victory was given to you. Not because you earned it, but because it was given to you as a gift. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what it means to be more than a conqueror. You reap the benefits of a battle that you didn't even fight. So all you need to do is believe it. Walk it out. Live that way. What does it mean to live that way? What does it mean to believe it when everything in your circumstances tells you otherwise? I remember when I was in elementary school, um, my mom would normally pick me up from school. And, and back at this time, mom was working, and she was a, a computer programmer. Um, and, and, and she was good. She was, she was the boss lady. And she loved her job, and she loved working. And so I remember I was, I was standing, waiting to get picked up, um, and I kept waiting, and I kept waiting, and I kept waiting, and kids kept getting picked up. There was no kids. There was, and, then I, and finally, I was, I was the last kid, and mom was nowhere. And I lost my mind. <laughs> I lost it. I was crying. The teachers were trying to console me. Finally, my mom does pull up, and she's beside herself, and she, she feels terrible. She got held up at work, you know. Um, and this, but this is before cell phones, so it's, so it's not like you could just call her up or text, like, where are you at? You know, I mean, you're just, you're just like, well, hopefully everything's okay, you know. And, um, and it, but I know my mom loves me. I knew back then. I knew my mom loved me. I knew my mom wouldn't let anything happen to me, but there's something about when you're standing there all alone and my mom was nowhere in sight that I was just like, ah! <laughs> but how often do we do that with God? We can sit here and we talk about God loves us and we know it. We think we do. And then we get the letter from the IRS. And then we get that bad doctor's report. And then... Something happens at work. And all of a sudden, we're like, ah, God, what do you do? That's, that's where this stuff comes in. That's, that's where being more than a conqueror comes in. It's, it's believing it when, when the situation doesn't look like it. That's, that's where this comes in. But that's also where it counts, I was reading a couple weeks ago that um, during the Great Depression, the Great Depression, for those of you who, who don't like history, it was the greatest economic and financial disaster in U.S. history. But during this time, more millionaires were made during the Great Depression than any other era in U.S. history. So during this time of seeming poverty and lack, there were some people who saw opportunity and made millions. And so you could say, as we're going into 2024, you know, ah, oh, Tim, you know, my marriage is in a really rough spot. I, I just, I don't, I don't feel like more than a conqueror right now. 
uh, Tim, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. I just, I'm at my wit's end. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I do not feel like more than a conqueror. Man, it's an election year. I am staying off of social media all year. And I do not feel like more than a conqueror with everything going on. Or we've got a war in Ukraine and in the Middle East and some craziness going on in the South China Sea. I don't know what to think of. You know, there's always, it's never, conven- there's never a convenient time to believe the promises of God, guys. If you're waiting for a convenient time to start believing the promises of God, it's never going to come. But if people in the Great Depression can make millions because they see opportunity and lack, then we can find opportunity to be lights in the darkness in the midst of chaos. Because when we believe that there's a God who loves us and that we have a Savior in heaven that's interceding for us and he wants to give us all things, then you have to also believe that you were born in the U.S. at this time because God made you to weather these times. Maybe we'll get another pandemic. I don't know. I hope not. But, I mean, at this point, anything can happen. But we were made for these times. We were made to thrive and to shine and to take everything that God has offered us off the table. The last thing I want is to show up in heaven and then I, and, and Jesus welcomes me and goes, here's all the stuff that you could have had that you just never asked for. Here's all the stuff that you could have walked in all the resources that were available to you that I, I, would, I wanted to give you, you just never asked for it or you never stepped out to receive it. That is not going to be a fun conversation. We'll get it in heaven. It'll, I mean, it's, it's mine. I'll get it in heaven, but I want it now. I'm very impatient. I want it now. I want to walk in it all now. I don't want to wait till heaven. So what does it look like to claim these promises, to claim the promise of being more than a conqueror, to claim the promise that nothing can separate us from the love of God, to claim the promise that God wants to give us all things. Now, what does that look like to walk that out and to actually believe that and to internalize that and to live that? How much would our lives change if we actually believed these things? How much... How, how would we think differently, talk differently? And we're, and we're not talking about prosperity gospel here. Look at Paul. Paul's talking about this, and he, was, he, he had a, a prison rap sheet more than, worse than any of us. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. This is not prosperity gospel stuff, guys. This is all about seeing opportunity and living in a way that no matter what your circumstances are, your life looks, looks attractive to people. People can see who you are and know the kind of God that you serve, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what loss or hardship or trial you come across. Because when you believe these things, you can have peace and joy in the middle of the hardship because you know where your hope is. Because you know the kind of God that has your back, that's with you right now, because nothing can separate you from his love. So that's what we're going to be spending a year talking about. This year, our theme is victorious. What does it mean to live victoriously? 
What does it mean to believe the promises of God and his love for us and his faithfulness to us when it doesn't seem obvious? We just celebrated our, our 10th anniversary a couple of months ago, and it was amazing. It was an amazing service. We, we had so much to celebrate. But Mike and I are already thinking about our 20th anniversary. And, and we're so excited about this year in this sermon series because we believe that if our 20th anniversary is going to dwarf our 10th anniversary, then this is worth spending a year in. Amen? Because imagine what would happen if an entire community of people got this, truly got this. God help anything that stands in our way. <laughs> God help any obstacle that stands between us and our goal and what God has told us to do and what God has invited us to do. In our 20th anniversary, it's going to be a party because we'll have that much more to celebrate. So starting next week, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be on mission with Jesus? So when, we, when I say on mission with Jesus, you know, throughout the Gospels, uh, Jesus would talk about how he, he, he essentially, he's doing what he sees the Father doing. You know, he's, he's essentially looking for what's the Father doing and joining him in that. And Jesus was intentional in everything he did. He, he, he was demonstrating how, how we're supposed to live. And so what if we did the same thing? What if we set up the goals and the priorities of our lives to match the goals and priorities of Jesus? What if, what if we just went and did the things that we, that we see Jesus doing? And so Jesus had clear missions, and Jesus had clear priorities and goals the way he lived during his time on the earth. And we're going to be you know, breaking those down and talking about those the next three weeks. And, and what can we expect from that? What can we expect from our lives when we align our goals and priorities with the goals and priorities of Jesus? And, what his, and if our mission becomes what Jesus' mission is. And so that, that's where we're going to be doing it for the next three weeks. But again, this, this overarching theme of victorious, that's all of 2024. We're going to be talking about all of this stuff throughout all of 2024. And I know I'm very excited. I know Mike's very excited about what God's going to do in our community this year as we're just diving deep into the promises of God. And being bold, not being shy about claiming those promises. We honor God with the, auda- the, with the audaciousness of our requests. We honor God with the audaciousness of our lives. And so what if we take that challenge this year and claim those things for ourselves? Amen. Amen. Don't leave anything on the table. When, I, want, I, want, I want all of us rolling into heaven on fumes. <laughs> Let's pray. Jesus, we, just, we cannot thank you enough for everything you've done for us. We cannot thank you enough for what you've bought for us and what you've given us. And Lord, we just want to honor that generosity in how we receive your gift. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you today, this week, throughout this year, as we're talking more and more about this, to just make this more and more real to us. Help us to believe these promises that we are more than conquerors. We are walking in a victory that we did not fight or win, but you're inviting us into that. 
We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.